0: Good evening and welcome to Slowpoke Sports. My name is Stephen Hodges, coming to you from the s- shadow of Cerro San Luis Obispo. Uh, and this is a show covering football from Slow County all the way down to Lompoc. Uh, it's going to be a shorter show as things are wrapping up as far as football goes. Uh, you know, a couple the colleges, couple teams in college still playing football in regular season, but all the high schools very deep in the playoffs to the point that uh, we're going to be down to just a handful of teams. If you haven't been paying attention and use this as your news, I'll, I'll keep the spoilers for the end. How about that? Uh, but for the college teams that are still in regular season mode, going through this, the motions, uh, things are still exciting. Cal Poly picked up their second win of the year. They're now 2-8. and eight. Uh, Caveat on that game, uh, Cal Poly's... Played a, another 1-18. Uh, Idaho State is not anything that... You know, there's not going to be a banner going up in Mott Gym for the, this game. But for the effort that they put out, maybe it, th- there should, right? You know, it was a very sloppy game. But the compete level was there. And that that's something that I think gets overlooked quite frequently. When, you know, you start going through, like, Polly was outgained. I think uh, Idaho State had more... Uh, plays run. They certainly had more time of possession. I think it was 33 minutes to like 18 minutes at one point. Uh, And just the Bengals offense was able to possess it and drive very well. But uh, Pauly kept finding ways to come back, including a Matt Shotwell pick six, his first touchdown as a Mustang. Uh, You know, he had interceptions before, but, you know, for him to come out and make a big play, set a career high in tackles, All that beautiful stuff, huge deal uh, down the stretch here for Pauly. Those are the types of messages and you sit there and talk about the climb and what a rebuild at the college level looks like. Those are the types of things you want to see from a team late in the season that is eliminated from playoffs, right? There's not going to be another week after NAU this week. This is it. So uh, when you want to talk about building culture, building for the future, all of those great axioms. Well, what does it actually look like? It looks like what we saw on Saturday night against the Bengals. Played a very tough uh, game. Went down to the final wire. Uh, special teams ended up winning it. Jaden Olsen, who's been up and down all season. You know, Came in playing You know, not not so well against San Diego. I think he made his, uh, didn't make any field goals there. Made one in Fresno State. Didn't make another one until last night where he made two, uh, both of them. Uh, very important. One kept them in the game. One ended up winning the game with four seconds left. Uh, Pauly then inexplicably didn't squib kick it. They kicked it off normally. Uh, NAU got a possession, did some laterals, didn't work out, and uh, that was the game. Cal Poly ended up winning that one, 32-29. Uh, they got another home engagement, 5 p.m., against Northern Arizona University, who's 4-6. and six. But if you break down the numbers, Look at who Arizona, Northern Arizona has played. You take out that P5 win against the University of Arizona, uh, the teams are very similar. Uh, this has the makings of a very similar game. So if I were a Pauly fan, I'd make sure to make coming out to this one. Even though NAU's record is much more impressive than Idaho State's, uh, you break down what the team is, it, they're very similar. So given that the last one was a barn burner, I expect Pauly to come out even more confident and really make that one a fun game uh, against the Lumberjacks. So be sure to check that one out if you're looking for college football action. Uh, otherwise, you're going to have to drive quite a way as Hancock College is also wrapping up their regular season this week. Uh, they played Bakersfield this last week, ended up winning 13 nothing in a shutout effort, forced five turnovers on defense, uh, beauty of a game for the Bulldogs in that, that regard. Uh, Colton Thieker made a lot of those uh, those field goals, uh, AG graduate, former Cal Poly person, you know, all that, uh, and they, they just finished well. Mike McCoy is now the quarterback there as they've kind of depleted the quarterback room as it were, that there's not a standard quarterback playing there, it's Mike McCoy, the dual wide receiver from San Inez. so... Uh, the Bulldogs are doing great. I don't know what the Bulls situation is still. I'm hoping to get some clarity on that. So I'm going to be around Hancock quite a bit this weekend. Uh, and we'll touch to that later as I talk about my broadcasting schedule. Like I said, they're going down to create some drama in the LBC at 6 p.m. Uh, as the kickoff for that one. So, you know, could be a nice drive if you're looking to drive down to L.A. this week. Uh, before we get into playoffs, I... the discourse on the central coast has been the same people seem to talk about these divisions as if they're equal. And I think when it comes to playoffs in the central section, they need to make a change and it's not anything to do with the format. I think we give the format a little bit more time before we start making harsh decisions. See what kind of unfolds, but the naming conventions, uh, for this setup, I think is what the issue is. Because everyone that wins this year, CIF, Central Section, champions. Everyone's a champion, which is fine. You know, you win your bracket, you play the teams in front of you, and you win your bracket, you deserve to be called a champion. My problem is that everyone's going to be called a CIF champion. And I think that should just be reserved for D1 or the Open Division, as some people are pushing to have it called I think those guys should be the ones that say, like, yeah, we are the champions of the central section. We are the best team in the central section. And then you can work your way down because that's the whole idea of these brackets, right? Is you seeded them correctly, your top team, top eight, go in, do that thing, then your next 16 and your next 16 all the way down. And then you read headlines like, number one Napomo is playing Highland this weekend. It's like, well,. Wait, if Napomo is number one, then what happened to St. Joe, Paso, and AG? Because they Paso was eleven, and they they won the mountain. Like that's very confusing. So I think going forward, the way we fix this, in my opinion, and I had a little bit of time to think about it in a quiet car driving back from Bakersfield uh, Friday night. Uh, I had a little bit of time to sit and think. Is I think they need to name the divisions. You have your championship division and then you have like you know your gold medal games for d2 silver for d3 bronze for d4 and then consolation bracket a and b for d5 and six uh i think that would solve a lot of the issues of why people are looking at pioneer valley well they had a buy why they didn't play, win a game why did they have a buy well they're playing in a consolation bracket when you have a setup like central section has where everybody makes playoffs if they want to make playoffs they can go You need to understand, well, some of those are consolation brackets. They're not playing champions there. They're playing other teams like them, which is great. Competition is a great thing. And I think we just need to call it what it is. You know, as we get into basketball season, no one has an issue hanging up the plaque that says consolation, you know, champion for, you know, Bob's big tire company in Ripon, California. Like, they'll hang that up in the gym. You know, like, we just need to accept that, hey, not everyone's the CIF champion if you win playoffs. You know, it's great when you can go make a run, but uh, I think that's going to solve a lot of the problems that parents have because a lot of them sit there and will look and say, hey, you know, uh, wh- why did we have to go in D2 to do this? And because I, I think just D2 versus D3 sounds like so mathematical and met- just like, oh, yeah, that's it's D2, it's D3, what's the big difference? When really there's a huge step. From the top seed in D1 to the top seed in D2. 16 teams. There's 16 teams separating those two. Uh, I I think that would help alleviate some of the pain and confusion. It also would help people want to be in those top brackets. Do you want something to hang on your wall that says Constellation? Or would you rather play for the gold? You know, I think that would help it out a lot. Because both St. Joe and Mission had amazing teams this year. Amazing teams. But, you know, they fell short of the championship. And that's what happens to 15 of the 16 teams in a given bracket. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with coming up short of a championship. There's something wrong with not competing, is my, my point of view. If you're going to sit there and say, hey, you know, we went 7-3 and three and decided, you know what, we're not going to go because it's going to be tough teams. Or we went and, uh, you know, it's a bigger team, better team, and we're kind of going to go through the motions as we've seen some teams do in the past. Like, that's where you start saying, all right, this is not what we want to see. And I we haven't seen that this year. I think everyone has come out and put out a huge effort in playoffs, which is what you want. And what these brackets were designed to make was, we don't have those mismatches as much. They're still there, but I don't agree with a lot of the people trying to shift in their own view, like, well, this team really should have been somewhere else. And uh, it should be obvious, because I broadcast Mission Prep, that this is, largely directed at, like, Royals fans. You know, I was watching the chat through the game and saw people sitting there saying, hey, why were we even playing Bakersfield? And the answer is because you should have played Bakersfield. Bakersfield was a good team. Mission Prep is a good team this year. They were very good. They did something unprecedented. They went from a tiny school in a a bottom league. You know, we have a top and bottom league. Call it what it is. The Ocean League is kind of where you get relegated to. No one should elect to be in the Ocean League. You should want to be in that top league. They went from the Ocean League to Division 2. I don't see that happening again uh, for quite some time. That, that is a rarefied error that Mission Prep was able to pull off. Not only that, but they hung with Bakersfield, a team with almost eight times as many students as Mission Prep, a team that is used to making NFL talent like Philip Thomas and guys like that that go on and get All-American votes and do all that type of stuff. They took them to the brink. So this system worked for Mission Prep, even though a lot of people thought they were out of their element, being all the way up in D2. D2 is a war zone. Those places are... (laughs) not fun to play, they're filled with talent. They they are the top tier of competition that Mission Prep could have gotten to. Uh that you know, Mission Prep was not gonna survive in D one, playing teams like Central, uh and all of that. But they did very well in D two. I think there's nothing but pride in what they did and to hear people come away from that bitter, uh, really hurts me as a broadcaster. I, I can't imagine what it's like for the the players or the coaches to hear, you know, well, we should have been in a worse league. No, you shouldn't have. You had fantastic players. Accept the honor of being in the golden bracket. 15 teams do not win championships. We can't have a system where, you know, well, all right, we're going to change this all up and everybody wins a championship. But then, the no, that's that's not how it works. We need to accept that what happens is great. If you get eliminated, that's that's Okay. It's okay to lose games, especially in playoffs. Uh, you know, Slow got upset. That's fine. Ridgeview's a fantastic school. There's nothing to be embarrassed about when these types of things happen. To sit there and start complaining just looks bad. I- I'm incredibly proud of what Mission Prep pulled off this year. You look at what they did an undefeated season, going 9-0, and carrying that streak in the playoffs, beating Lamore, a team with a... Quarterback that was much better than anything they had seen all year, uh, beating them pretty handedly and doing it with the ground game, which is normally what Lamore is very strong at. They normally have very good linemen out there between Lamore and Hanford, and Lamore was not a, a soft team. Uh, Mission Prep went out, played Bakersfield, took him to the brink, lost 16 to 28 due to a late touchdown, which really I don't. I don't know what Bakersfield was doing because it was less than two minutes to go. Mission Prep had just poured their heart onto the field with a couple late chances. There were some refereeing issues, but that always happens. It's what happens when, you know, you've got six guys watching a game and uh, you have one perspective and they're down there. Uh, So there's some controversy there that may be warranted, but that's neither here nor there. It's the rules you play under. Uh, They took them all the way down to the last minutes and Bakersfield scored an extra touchdown. Really, the final score should have been 21-16, to 16, which was pretty close to what Cal Preps predicted this as. They predicted it as a four-point game for Bakersfield and really is a five-point game. So uh, with all of that added up, all of that going on, th- there's no reason to be uh, brokenhearted if you're Mission Prep. The season went better than expected. Uh, And that's how it should be remembered. Uh, There's going to be players going on at the next level for mission prep. The next generation coming up looks fantastic. Coach Schuster's done a great job uh, bringing these kids up, teaching them the right way to go about how to make a football team. And that's going to continue to serve them well into the future. Uh, I I see them being promoted into the Mountain League, maybe Pioneer Valley coming down uh, with that that record that they had this year, not that they deserve it, but that's just, I think Pioneer Valley is going to be doing kind of S turns. And with the three teams coming up from Southern section, that's going to make the situation a little more cloudy, but I still think mission deserves to be in the mountain league after this last year. And if they end up not going 10 and O next year and getting all the accolades, that doesn't mean they're necessarily doing worse. It just means they're going against tougher competition. And that can be hard to parse sometimes, but I have nothing but pr- pride in what the Royals did. I'm honored to be associated with that program, and uh, I-, I hope to see them continue that into the future. Uh, I-, I like this system, as I've said before. I th- don't think it's perfect, but it- it's making more interesting playoff matchups than what we've had in the past, where you end up driving three hours to go watch a 63 to nothing game, get back in the car, and come back. Because that's what we had in southern section. You know, I don't want to go back to that system. Uh, Bakersfield High School, nothing but a class act. Uh, Unprompted after doing the formality handshake at the 50 where they walk across the lines, uh, Bakersfield came by and actually uh, joined in the team prayer with Mission Prep. Uh, Shook hands. A lot of just honorable stuff. Tybo Rogers, uh, the hybrid safety running back wide receiver that they have at, at Bakersfield. I definitely see going D1. Uh probably a good g5 maybe a uh, a low p5 i don't think he's one of those like usc type guys i think he's one of those fresno state uh you know maybe iowa state or uh osu name your osu that's not the osu type of situation uh either oklahoma state or oregon state one of those uh he, he's going to be someone to keep an eye on uh anyway bakersfield high school is going to end up playing frontier uh that's going to be a nice local matchup for them. Uh, Bullard is hosting Kingsburg. That's going to be the semifinal for the uh, D2. So Bullard's still going strong after beating St. Joe. Uh, like I said, St. Joe took him to the brink as well. Ended up coming down to a two-point conversion in that game earlier in the bracket. So uh, Central Coast represented well in D2. Uh, just didn't end up bringing home the championship. And I think that there's a lot of honor in just going out and playing well. Uh Dropping down to D3, uh, more bad news for the Central Coast. Washington Union absolutely took it to A.G. A.G.'s been relying on a lot of offense this year. They had a lot of issues stopping the bleeding on the other side. And this was a back-and-forth game. Washington Union came out fast. A.G. answered back. Then Washington Union pulled away at the end. Uh, I, I, I would love to see a series of that. Uh, unfortunately, I, you know, my vote doesn't matter. Uh, Washington Union is going to go on and play Central Valley Christian, a team that Mission College Prep beat, uh, as well as Bakersfield beat, uh, earlier this year. Uh, CVC is the number one seed in Division Three, So that will be an interesting one to keep an eye on just to see, excuse me, to see how that kind of matches up uh, down the stretch in Division III. Uh, Pastor Robles uh, ended up dropping it to Dinuba. Dinuba, Another strong team. Dainuba was the number three team in Division Three. Paso had to head out to that game. Ended up losing it twenty-four to twenty-eight. Dinuba is going to host number seven Bakersfield Christian this week. Uh, BC, a fantastic program out there. So Dainuba will be up against it. I think BC is one of those teams that you sit there and say maybe I don't know how the computer ended up putting them in D three. That's a D two school probably. They they played a lot of teams real well and. Dropped some that they probably shouldn't have, and that might be why they ended up edged all the way down there. Uh, Either way, Paso would have been on the road uh, had they gone on. Paso, I mean, Matt Carroll is coming up to full speed. This is a team that has gone through some rough patches. Ever since uh, Shimke left all those years ago, uh, Paso's been trying to find themselves again. And I think under the direction of these new coaches and the players that they've got coming through, uh, they finally did that. A uh, lot of reasons to hold your head high if you're Paso. Finally getting a share of that Mountain League title on uh, football and really showing the world what North County can do when at full power. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Paso really take it to, to uh, the Mountain League this next year. Uh, I, I expect nothing less but a straight-up league championship uh, from Paso when they're at full power. This, this is a high school that is very high on population and has no reasons to, to hold back. And D4, Napomo was the number one seed, as we talked about earlier. Uh, they hosted Highland and lost by a single point, 13 to 13-12. What a hard year for Napomo. What a great showing. Uh, they put their hearts out there each and every week. Uh, with all the tragedy that struck that community, I'm just hoping that they can find uh, some bright spots down the line. You know, I was really hoping that they'd, they are going to pull away that D4 championship because uh, the community could really use it in Napomo. You know, Napomo is one of those teams probably belonged in D four, uh, maybe D three. Uh, just a small community, smaller high school, but they played hard. You know, when when you talk about teams and what it means to be doing great things, Tony Dodger is doing some amazing things with that team. Uh, I, I I tell you what, D four is a weird one. They're doing what I kind of predicted. One of these divisions was going to do. Uh, The semifinal, of course, has four teams. Uh, The number eight, number six, number seven, and number 13 teams are the ones alive. Uh, You typically expect one, two, three, four. None of those are there. Not even five. The highest seed in the semifinals in D4 is number six. That should tell you something about this, where you're getting random brackets almost. And that means there's a very well set up bracket. Highland, a very capable team. The Scots. Uh, are well coached ended up winning that one just barely so for Napomo uh, it's going to be going back to the drawing board figuring out what to do this next year Uh, but a very capable Titans team this year. Uh, D5 is where we start to get new uh, good news for the Central Coast. Regetti beat Kalinga 34-18 at home. Uh, Kalinga was a team that had beaten Templeton earlier in the year so uh, the revenging warriors is what I'm going to start calling Regetti, uh, because they've got another case of vengeance coming up here. Regetti, uh, better than they, they were seated. You know, this is one of the spots where we see the flaws in the system. They had a tough schedule, uh, and were derailed by COVID at different times. It is just a very hard year, uh, with some winnable games canceled. So they ended up way down in D5, probably deserved to be up by D3, uh, and, that's not a problem with Gapir, That's just how the year went. Uh, if I were to look just at the schedule, yeah, D- D5, don't know anything about the team? Yeah, why not? Who knows? Whatever. Who are these warriors on the Central Coast anyway? Uh, generic mascot. Move on, you know. Uh, Riggedy's going to have another chance to get revenge for the Central Coast. They're going to be hosting number 15 Ridgeview uh, this Friday night at 7. Uh, that's in Santa Maria. Uh, I- I'm going to do my best to see what I can as far as information goes because i'm going to be busy during that time but uh definitely keeping it ear to the ground uh up north as you know we going to be in orchid i'll be in santa maria proper at hancock on uh, division six a lot of good news here caruthers the number six team in the bracket went to pioneer valley uh pioneer valley scraped that one out 14 to seven uh first win of the year for pioneer valley not a normal thing you talk when you talk playoffs uh They had winnable games scrubbed off the schedule. They had COVID issues. That's why they're so far down there. Uh, Coach Davis has that mentality of getting a little bit better each and every week and keeps retooling this team to get better and better each step of the way. And I got to believe that if this was a normal year, uh, Pioneer Valley would have already had wins under their belt. They'd be feeling great. Uh, For them to be getting their first wins this, this late, I think is scary for the rest of the bracket, but exciting for the Panthers A huge win for them to get that chance for their seniors that were heading out. Uh, The spring season went real well for them. That's why they ended up in the Mountain League. Then the fall just kind of fell apart. Uh, Coaching changes, COVID, all that stuff. So uh, they're going to be on the road this week because they're going to be playing the winners of the next game. East Bakersfield versus Morro Bay. Another very close game. Again, what the system was designed to uh, entail was entitled to break entitled to bring about uh, Morro Bay, the number two seed hosted East Bakersfield 136 to 33 uh, coach Goose and Brown doing a good job getting his athletes going late uh, East Bakersfield had played some very competitive games earlier this year against other central coast teams. So for Morro Bay to come out and uh, get that done uh, shows a lot. They're going to be hosting the game at 6 PM in Morro Bay, a uh, little bit of a drive for pioneer Valley full like what? 40 minutes if that, uh, for the Panthers heading to, heading up the road. So uh, 6 p.m. kickoff, going to be a little early. If you got to get off work, get off work. It's going to be the best show in town with two local teams going at it in the playoffs. Again, cons- consolation playoffs, if we're going to be honest. But uh, always a good sign when it's winner-go-home. Uh, the winner of this guaranteed a spot in the final. So somebody's going to be going to win a CIF championship won't be Morro Bay or Pioneer. That being said, there's another tournament going to be happening this weekend. We'll have resolution to that much quicker as the Home Motors tournament for Allen Hancock College is happening uh, this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, you can come by and say hi because I will be doing either stats or breaking news play-by-play. I will be doing play-by-play for the Hancock Bulldogs basketball teams Uh, teams, plural, because when I'm available for the women, uh, I won't be there for the uh, crossover they have in December because it will be at a wedding. But in January, when we have conference games, I will be up there doing play-by-play for the Hancock Bulldogs. That will be on athletics.hancockcollege.edu. Or come live and be sure you follow all the COVID instructions and vaccination requirements, et cetera, et cetera, that they have on the website uh, at athletics.hancockcollege.edu. Uh, and come, come watch the Bulldogs play. Uh, the men are currently 2-2. Two and two. All these games are going to be the men's games. Uh, they've got some great talent on the team this year. A couple local guys. Uh, but a lot of transfers that are just going to blow you away. I've watched some of the tape. i watched the Porterville game already. Uh, where Coach Furman from Tyson I's coaching staff is now the head coach. Anyway, whole different story. Very excited to get back to Hancock basketball. Won't be covering it a ton here. But... Uh, I'll be there uh, Friday and Sunday because Saturday I'm going to be back on 1280 broadcasting the last game of Cal Poly uh, that kicks off at 5 p.m. We'll be live with pregame at 430. Uh, Cal Poly taking on the Lumberjacks. As I said earlier, should be a winnable game for Poly should be at very least competitive uh, and one to catch its youth night. So if you're a local uh, high school youth coach or, you know, you've got a kid, uh, check out! I think they're doing some special promotions for that. Uh, we didn't have a lot of player, a uh, lot of fans at the Idaho State game, so I'd love to see a crowd come out for the uh, the Lumberjacks game in the last game of the year. Going to be losing some storied players, uh, a lot of the 6th year seniors that you know you sit there and say, yeah, they're six-year seniors. They've had enough. You're not wrong, but also I'm a sucker for Matt Shotwell. I'm a sucker for anybody that puts out that much heart and that much soul onto the floor, uh, onto the the field every night. So be sure to check that out. I'll be with Zach Anderson, Yorkheimer for that broadcast. Uh, and yeah, if you want to catch anything else out, I'm not broadcasting any other football games. I'm back down to one football game a week uh, and then I'll be doing basketball games going forward. So uh, be sure to check those out at Slowpoke sports is the Twitter handle. S L O P O C S P O R T S and I'll catch you next week with the results of those uh, three football game or two football games for three football teams, and the uh, the uh, Polly and all, all that stuff. You know, you listen to the show. Uh, have a good night, and we'll see you next week.